The Shaky Town Radio Minute is on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. How you doing, Gene? I was I, I kind of I didn't commit to the I didn't commit to the Ira Glass. <laughs> this is this American Life. I'm Ira Glass from W. Where are they? WQED. WBEZ. WWBEZ. In Chicago. In Chicago. I'm Ira Glass. This is this American Life. First shaky, town, first shaky Town Radio Minute back, and he's already, like, plugging other people's podcasts. Today, today on the show, we're going to talk about Libby Ward. So, yes, if you've listened to our most recent episode with Ron and Ryan, our little modest proposal reunion, you heard Libby Ward. Hi, Libby. Hi. We, I, I, I want more props for my Ira Glass and my spot on Ira Glass impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent work. Thanks. Anyway, um, because Libby was on that show, we felt... And it was important to be accountable, (laughs) to give full disclosure. You need to be accountable or I need to be held accountable? Both. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, Libby, we came here to lecture you about everything you did wrong. Um, We as as a podcast host need to be accountable to you, the audience, and let you know. Transparency is our watchword. Yes. So I thought it was important. Nobody else did. Nobody else stood up for Libby like I did. Thank you. Thank you, Brody. I, I appreciate said, that. I said... She's she, actually literally standing right now. <laughs> standing up for me. And I said, they can't just think you're some disembodied voice that lives on the internet. Like, they although, need to know although de facto she is. True. Yes. But they need to know she's an actual human being. And, and why is she here? I am an actual human being. And why are you here? Why are you here? No, I know why she's here. Jean, do you know why she's here? No, you tell me, Brody. Since you're so smart, Mr. Smarty Pants. Well, we're, you know, we've been talking forever about how we're expanding the Shaky Town banner. That's going on. There's things in the works. There's people I'm waiting to hear back from. There's meetings that need to happen. But, yes, as you know, Shaky Town Radio will not just be the Gene and George, I mean, the Gene, George, and Brody show. It will be the Gene and George show, because we're firing you and hiring someone in Right, you. right. <laughs> um, it's you and George Stephanopoulos. Yep. <laughs> and You're thinking of Maria Menounos. <laughs> anyway, Libby's part of the the brain trust that's going to help make that stuff happen. And there will be a whole Shaky Town family. Yeah, like the Manson family. So <laughs> if, if we come and murder you, don't be surprised. It's you know the the family's growing. People you know, people you've heard on the show. We're not going to talk too much about that because it hasn't happened yet. And Brody forgot a lot of stuff because he's hungover. Well, that's besides the point. Although, if you heard the last episode, you understand that why. But I want to know more about Libby Ward as a person. And I thought the best way to do that would be have you here, talk to you a little bit. To ask you a question. To ask me a question. What an excellent idea. Yeah, so... I will answer those questions. All right. Well, I'm going to defer to Jean a little bit, because Jean, I want you to tell about how you became acquainted with Libby. Uh, We met in the Upright Citizens Brigade, a.k.a. the UCB, Los Angeles Improvisational Theater Program for Comedy Improvisationally. Okay. Um, I believe we were in the 301 class. We were in 301 together. We made stuff up on the spot. Uh huh. As much as I am doing it now, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a scene that involves the the uh, the uh, uh, odd or unique thing in my scene is I'm on a podcast yet I am trying to to get rid of a piece of spam in my mailbox. Yeah. So we will heighten that later <laughs> on. <laughs> we will heighten heighten this. Um, who was, our, was that Leffingwell's our instructor? It was. Mike Leffingwell. He left Leffingwell for a couple classes, and we had... Uh, who did we have? It was, oh, This gosh. is fascinating. We did. Who did we have a sub? I think we had Billy Merritt as we a did, sub once. You did have Billy Merritt as a sub once. Can I, I say that I never had a class with him? Because I you lied. You did. You, you, had, you had a sub class with him. Yeah. Not not like not like in the on out on the town in the comedy scene, but like 
grocery shopping, I always seem to run into Billy Mary. Oh, yeah. I don't know him. I've never talked to him. I just know that's Billy Mary. In your room, (laughs) crawling on the walls like a fly. Yeah. How creepy would that be? Yeah, Billy Mary's everywhere. That guy, that guy is everywhere. A full-grown man. (laughs) So you were not a Los Angeles native, right? You came from... I, I call myself a Seattle native. Right. I grew up in Utah until I was eight. Which is actually one of the things I like about living in the Valley, because where I lived in Bountiful, Utah, mm-hmm. is very much uh, like Burbank. Like, the landscape with the medium-sized trees and the, the low hills and the letter B on one of the hills <laughs> for Bountiful go. and or Burbank. So it's it's a little bit childhood homey right. to me, and I'm thrilled, and sorry to everyone who still lives in Utah, but I'm thrilled that I didn't stay in Utah. Utah's a pretty shitty state. Past the age of eight. Well, it was super until I was eight, but then when I went back and I was like, Oh my whoa! Like yay, Seattle. Are are you or your family Mormons? No, we're Catholic. Well, you know, I'm still guilty. I'm not still Catholic. Right, right. Uh, my parents and my grandparents are still Catholic. Okay, uh, officially. <laughs> yeah. But no, we were Catholic. We lived in Utah. Because my dad had a great job offer there, but my dad's family's from Seattle. Okay. And so then we went back to Seattle, where I was lucky enough to be in, you know, an awesome, liberal, artistic, creative, yeah. fun, if wet, city. Yeah. And, uh... That's, um... It's moist up there. That's the Bon Jovi album. It is moist. Slippery Slip, with Seattle. Slippery, but fun with wet. Whatever. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> and, and so, uh... I lived in Seattle, and then, even though I've been in entertainment off and on for a, a very long time, and I've lived in L.A. before, I uh, I tried to avoid often living in L.A. for yeah. a number of various reasons. I, I love the industry. I don't necessarily love L.A. Yeah. Um, but I... Get off my show now. I worked... Oh, <laughs> all right. Bye, guys. Bye. Um, you know, it's growing on me. It has it has its perks, yeah. and it's, it has its uh, detractors, and uh, like every city... But uh, for a long time, in, in lieu of officially living here, I worked for an airline, so I flew for free, so I commuted every week to do awesome stuff in L.A. This is ridiculous. Like, do improv with Jean. Yeah, she, she commuted by aeroplane. Yeah. So like I, in I, some I, sort of Buck Rogers science fiction future. <laughs> so I flew in. Our class, I think, was on Wednesday, right? Yeah, it was so I would like, or Thursdays. It was Wednesday, yeah, because then we went, so I'd fly in on, like, Wednesday morning. And come have lunch at uh, Cafe Muse on mm-hmm. Santa Monica, and then go across the street to have uh, awesome class with Jean in the evening. And then we would go over to Cage Match to watch Cage Match at UCB. I'd sleep on someone's couch and fly back on Thursday. You know, and we say that you mean break into a random house, yeah, like where the lights were off, and sleep on their couch until they kicked you. I remember that whole Manson family creepy crawl thing. She started that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought for a long time I was going to get away with just moving into the Scientology Center, the Celebrity Scientology right. Center, because it's so large. It's such a massive building. I think that I could just uh, bust in and just live there for probably... See, she, she survived the Mormons and she got cocky. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, but anyway, I think I could live there for quite the a while. The Scientologists have volcanoes. Unlike the Mormons, who just have a salty remnant of a large inland sea. Right, which which is a sad, sad, but interesting place. The, the Great Salt Lake, yeah. I mean, what were you doing the, for, uh, for the planes? For the airplanes? For the companies? airplanes. Um, <laughs> were you fixing them? Were you... It was... Uh, it was. T- she was not breaking them. 
No, I was not breaking them. It was totally an accident that I worked for the airline at all. Uh, I had been living in Hawaii, and I was a scuba dive master, and I worked on Lost as a PA. And then uh, my my military boyfriend was getting stationed, and I told him, well, if you get stationed in Oklahoma, you're on your own. And if you get stationed in Seattle, I'll come with you, because I love Seattle, and I'm from there. So I went with him to Seattle, and we broke up. My military boyfriend, great indie band, by the way. Yes. Uh, I'll I'll have to check that out. Uh, and my mom worked for the airline and I've always been a huge traveler. I'm, I'm crossing off countries on my list. I've been to 30. I have roughly 170 to go depending on who, who has wars or, you know, uh, et et cetera, where, where the boundaries continue to be redefined (laughs) in, uh, in the political world. Well, if Obama gets reelected, we'll have one world government. So there'll only one country. That's right. Well, and then I can cross them all off my list at once. (laughs) I'll be done. Uh, but my mom kept saying, oh, you travel, you travel, you travel all the time, come work for the airline. I was like, and, uh, but I applied and I totally half-assed the interview. I showed up late. Like it was the work cause I didn't really want to get hired and they hired me and it shocked the hell out of me. (laughs) I I just pictured like the animal house, you know, it's like, uh. But we gotta take him. He's a legacy. Yeah. <laughs> Her mom works for the airline. We gotta yeah. take her. And what was funny about that was that I didn't tell anyone because I didn't oh. want to get hired based on nepotism, even right. though there was a reason. You're like the program. Nicolas Cage of getting jobs at airlines. Yeah, exactly. I totally changed my name and dyed my hair. And I'm also talking about your receiving hairline. Yes. Yeah, what a shame. Anyway, um, but they hired me, and I was like, really? Are you sure? And in what capacity? Uh, well, they hired me as a customer service agent. Okay. Which uh, CSA in the lingo. CSA. Yeah. Which is the worst job possibly in the history of the world, but I haven't experienced all of the jobs in the world, but it's it's a pretty rough job. Norm McDonald says assistant crack right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> worst job. Well, what do you, you got there? I don't, I don't know. Crack pipe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're only you're So here's a question about being a CSA for okay. the airlines. Yes. Was my call important to you? Will it be handled in the order in which it was received? Uh, it will be handled in the order in which it was received. I really only fielded phone calls uh, if I was working in baggage. Uh, when everyone lost lost things and everyone who lost a bag. And it's amazing because people who seem to be, you know, normal middle-income people, oh, my God, I lost my bag. I packed all of my diamonds. I packed all of my Gucci clothes. I packed my life-saving medication. And Maybe my, they were all rappers. My, yeah, yeah, like... Every everything they could possibly think of as like a thing that might be valuable, they had packed in their in suitcase. In case it doesn't get found, right? And I was just like, "Oh man!" I just had a bunch of new and you stars just outed and yourself as the idiot who packs all of these things in <laughs> your checked luggage. Those, those are carry-on items, people. Yeah, those but, are uh, those are Blues Brothers. Uh, handcuff your briefcase to your. You know, hand. Yes. If, if you have life-saving check medication check that you will literally die without, you need you need to be carrying that in your hand at all times. I have not, to not, fire extinguishers so they can't go down fire. Not, not chucking it in your like. Yeah, I'm prone to spontaneous combustion. <laughs> Aren't we I all? need this. Yes. So you, yeah, you've done the airline job. In Seattle, commute to LA to do improv classes. You worked for a while and lived for a while in Hawaii as a PA. You also did Muay Thai there, yes? Yes. Well, I did Muay Thai actually in Tacoma. Oh, that was in Tacoma. That's when I was at University of Puget Sound, and I, around the corner, um, went to a dojo and studied Muay Thai. Which, by the way, Muay Thai, great Mexican Thai fusion restaurant. Yes. (laughs) Oh, always more Thai. More, more, more. 
but I do have to, to mention this one thing about the reason I stayed at the airline and, and stayed in Seattle because I was ready to come to L.A. at that point right. was uh, someone in my training class at the airline. So I was like, ah, airline, yeah, uh, mentioned that the Seahawks football team had a drum line now. And I'm a percussionist. I have a percussion degree. And I went, oh, my God, drum line. And I auditioned and I made it. And even though I played my, my piece... Because I was so nervous, I wrote this minute and a half piece to showcase my my skills. I played it in about twenty seconds because <laughs> I was so freaking nervous. But luckily, they thought I was fun, yeah. and and it's as much about entertainment as as it is about technical skill. And so, uh, hence Ringo Starr's career. Yes. So I was on on the Blue Thunder drumline for a couple of years, and uh, and moved to Seattle, and stayed in Seattle, and worked for the airline. And then uh, after I got a little sidetracked being ha- being a drummer and having yeah. fun, I went, well, as much as I love Blue Thunder, I'm going to have to quit because it's taking up so much of my time and it's taking me away from comedy and writing. And, and I still get to be a dork, but I don't get to channel it in, in the ways that my uh, my future career requires. Right. So uh, so you, you did all these things. Like you were, like I said, the Hawaii and, mm-hmm. and working on Lost and you're a drum a percussionist and you studied that but you also were doing it professionally kind of for the Seahawks yeah. and then you and I know at one point you uh, we were talking earlier off mic about how you passed a 911 uh, operator Dis- yeah, test. dispatcher test so I did apply to be a 911 dispatcher and uh, passed the test and you listened to, listened to all of this garbled oh my god there's a man in my house and here's my address and my name is this and and uh, you know he he has uh a stocking cap on and whatever, and like mm-hmm. plug all this information a in. To make uh, it oh, a hoodie, yes. Uh, Every comedy nerd should be shot. Is the the, the message I'm getting from you? Right. Dang, I'm going to watch my back now. Uh, well, yours has rabbit ears on it. So. Yeah, but I decided more or less that being a 911 dispatcher would be equally depressing. Right. You know, a little more money, but equally depressing as working for the airline. So. Um, what I did, I'd, I'd been promoted to a lead, which is basically a supervisor uh, that's still under the, the union umbrella, where I got yelled at every day because the only people I talked to were people who were mad, yeah. which is most people who are flying. People, <laughs> people walk I mean, uh, people walk into the airport and lose their minds. The nicest, most normal people. But uh, So I moved into a different department at the airline. I did operations, and I uh, basically did all the weight and balance calculations for each aircraft before it took off so that it flew safely and everyone lived, which is important. Yeah. People enjoy that. <laughs> so at what point in this Swiss Army knife that is your career, because you've done all these great, interesting What's things. What's the corkscrew in your Swiss Army where, where, where does Henson come in? When does that come in? Oh, I was a Henson intern in 99 when I was in college. I'd actually, I'd wanted to work for Kermit the Frog since I was three years old. That was my first, first declaration. Uh, I've mentioned before, I wasn't, I grew up not being allowed to watch television. And there's a little bit of an exception to that. It was mostly my, my family. This is a time travel problem. You will mention in the Jane Spenson. Oh, I will mention. I will in the future mention. Yes. uh, Spenson. Yes. Spenson. 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 Yes. My, my syllabic. Uh, eloquence may, may be a little off. So, uh, I was generally not allowed to watch television growing up. Uh, my parents, you know, wanted me to be studious and play outside in yeah. the sun, etc. In, until we moved to Seattle and then play outside in the rain. But uh, with the play exception the of... <laughs> there, there were the occasional weekend uh, 
Muppets and or Looney Tunes. Okay. So I knew that I loved Kermit the Frog, and my first declaration of, of career aspirations was I am going to work for Kermit the Frog. So as soon as I got to college, I started harassing, and I'm sure this is how they felt about it, harassing the Jim Henson Company for an internship. And I applied for three years in a row. I sent, I built puppets. I sent them pictures of the puppets I built. I wrote songs with original music and lyrics. I, you know, in addition to my resume, I harassed them with all kinds of stuff. Right. And, uh, and this, the weird, the weird story of my, my interviewing life is that always when I go to an interview, not wanting a job, someone offers me the job. Yeah. And, and the jobs that I want, and I think the interviews go really well, I usually don't get. But I had this this odd stroke of luck with Henson, and I think it was because they were like, stop sending us stuff, we'll just hire you. I had... Uh, they just wanted to take the, the strain off the mailroom. Yeah. The mail the mailroom was, was tired of getting all of these packages, and they didn't have room for all my stuff. So uh, I had this phone interview with them that I thought that I told totally bombed mm-hmm. that I was like there's no way they think I'm a jerk and and they hired me yay and so uh, yeah I came to LA and uh, lived in the Oakwoods which I feel like most people visiting LA <laughs> have done for at least a week of their lives right Jean can you explain what that is really quick which I wasn't I, I oh, literally was not paying attention oh open come apartment. on yeah. uh, no I'm sorry I was I was checking to make sure that everything was cool on Twitter because we did ask some questions for ah uh, yes okay. um uh, Oakwood Apartments are corporate housing furnished apartments that are generally used by people who are here in town. Uh, uh, traditionally, in, in this neck of the woods, people who are working on pilots or shooting yeah. uh, a series who don't necessarily live in town, whether they're uh, cast or crew, um, uh, you know, they're basically short-term to medium-term corporate housing, and they're they're just notorious as like. They're the most generically designed duplex, quadplexes, whatever. There's like a gazillion of them. The yeah. buildings are like A through Z and then like double yeah, A yeah, through. Yeah. They're, they're a warren. They're a hive of... Yeah. Like if you've ever read Judge Dredd, Megacities would be... <laughs> Oakwood would be a good... Okay. You know, just stack a bunch of Oakwoods on top of each other. They're just, and they're just kind of horrible and they're... they're, 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 own, they're they're horrible in the way that only things that are built for transient populations can be horrible. Right. They're, they're certainly better than, like, a flop house. Right. Like some Ray Milland lost weekend, bare light bulb, bathroom down the hall flop house. But not, they're the modern equivalent of it. Right. I didn't have to sleep. No, I didn't have to sleep on a floor at all. But I did have to, I paid $600 a month to split a studio and share a bed, a Murphy bed, that pulled out of the wall with my roommate, Amanda. Uh, who was also Henson intern? Yeah, so we shared a bed and uh, got very close. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Whether we wanted to or not, and uh, but we had a good time. We played volleyball, or I played volleyball anyway, every Monday and Wednesday with a group of Swedish computer programmers nice. who I'm still friends with, which is fun and random. Swedish computer programmers. Yeah, they were they're from Stockholm and they were here working with Warner Brothers temporarily on some some sort of. Uh, Swedish branded software that Warner Brothers was using. So, some some big Warner Brothers Swedenizing initiative. Yes, <laughs> the the uh, the Scandinavianization product of, of the WB. Yeah. So at this point now, mm-hmm. sitting here in the original Shaky Town Studio, what? How long have you been in Los Angeles for this spell? Because you, you said there was two kind of. Yeah. Well, there was there was the 
the 99 era and then uh and then i've been commuting here for about three years and then living here for almost a year okay. now okay. and uh i sort of switched from living in seattle and commuting to la to living in la and commuting to seattle once right, in a while because right. i'm still involved in some creative things oh, okay there uh, cool. We have a we have a zine. I know you you like love punk and zine culture. Yeah. We have a zine in Seattle. Wake up, two or six. That ran together. <gasps> Brody is not interested in punk and zine culture. Oh, <laughs> zines about pumpkins. <laughs> That's how I came across. Oh, I, he has I, the, has the again again my my articulate eloquence. Punk and zine culture. Punk. Not punkin. And punk ampersand. But I'm not saying that a punk you, zine. You guys are both punkin. right. Yes, excellence. <laughs> so we have a zine cool. in Seattle. Wake up two oh six. Wake up two oh six. About pumpkins? Yes. No. But about uh, art and music and general awesomeness. And I write the comedy news recap and the trivia and I also write nice. reviews. Now is there even though it's a print zine, is there a way to find it any information about it online? Uh, there will be very soon. We are building okay. a website. Um, cool. I use I use we loosely because the people who are Still in Seattle, are working harder on the website, and and I'm writing awesome content. Yeah. And, and there's a Facebook fan page. Excellent! I didn't even know it was up yet, but thank you for sharing that. There's a Facebook fan page, and it's Facebook.com/slash Wake Up Two O Six. So you're involved in that. You're mm-hmm. living here. You're pursuing career opportunities, and um, yeah, pursuing yes, comedy as a comedy writer, throwing in with us. And if people want to follow you, so you can follow me at Sneaky Varmint, S N E A K Y V A R M I N T. It's it's awfully hard to uh, to explain Sneaky Varmint on the radio, but uh, a Sneaky Varmint is essentially if you were a half-ass puppeteer like I am, and uh, and and let's see, I'll just I'll just do this to Brody, and he can he can describe it in his in his best. Right. Uh, this is happening live, everybody. Yes. Ah, okay. So it's the, uh, <laughs> there's like a little puppet creature who moves about the human body. It's basically just my hand. It's, it's just my hand. No eyeballs. Spoiler alert, that's what mostly puppets that's, oh, <laughs> Don't ruin the illusion for people. Yes. Uh, that, you know, sneaks around, leaps out at you, and, and snickers at you in an Ernie Ernie type style. Yeah, yeah. So that's Ernest. That's a, that's a sneaky bar. It was it was interesting how I couldn't have known that before and like articulated that, but as soon as it happened, I knew exactly what it was. We've, yes, we've made the ineffable effable. <laughs> so I, I landed on that branding. My full name's Elizabeth. There are a million Elizabeth Wards. Many of them are Amish. Some of them are, are famous, and some of them are famous and Amish. <laughs> and uh, and I use Libby because it's a little bit of a differentiator, but there are still very many wards and quite a few Libby wards. So I, I internet branded myself Sneaky Varmint. It's cool. a fairly accurate description of me, I think. <laughs> and so if you Google Sneaky Varmint, you will find my Twitter and my Tumblr and very YouTube cool. and Funnier Die and all kinds of dorkiness and silliness. Awesome. Jean, did you have any more questions for Libby? I've asked so many. Right. Yes. No, I do not. No further okay. questions, Your Honor. No further right. questions. I thank Jean for nothing. Oh, Shaking Town Radio boo, Minute. No, down. he actually did give us a good description of the Oakwood, so I appreciate oh, that. 
Yeah. And you and you have to wake up to a six Facebook page. My, I, again, yeah. I point out my, and plus, my impeccable Ira Glass impression. You you did, and you dragged Libby into this whole thing in the first place. That's true. So. Yes, thank you very much for for dragging me and for having me on. Yeah, we're happy to do it. And so you, like I said, you heard Libby on our Ryan Ryan Ryan, Ryan episode. <laughs> Which is it? Ron and Ryan. Ron and Ryan. I'm not going to fault her for saying pumpkin zine, Gene. I, I'm the one who has pretty good enunciation out of you folks. Yeah. Um, and then... Brody, uh, air quotes, mush mouth hovered. And then our next uh, episode with Jane Espenson, you'll hear Libby as a writer about town herself asking questions. And we have great conversations. Do we want to preview that any further? Yes. Go ahead. No, I'm just I, I I'm not going to do the work on it. All right, and and I didn't know if you wanted to drop something in. And and there was there's a nice tangent about archaeology. You get to find out even more about it. Science. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the the writing and science episode. Yeah, we covered all of it. Yeah, linguistics. So I hope you enjoyed this extra long edition of the Shaky Town Radio Minute, and I. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I am Gene George. I remain Gene George. I'm Libby Ward. Thanks for having me. Yay. Yay. Do you want more applause? More applause. More applause. <laughs> more applesauce. Just, applesauce. Seems little, just seems a little too self-congratulatory. 